Good morning. Hang on one second, because I did not, I didn't have my lips on, so I didn't know if this was going to be recorded, and I don't want to get in trouble with Pastor Karen. Um, so yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I think, Rachel, I think you did an absolute amazing job this morning. That's so great. Your word is rich, and it's deep in your spirit, and yes, you are getting so old. I can't even... That's crazy, right? Now, does anybody feel like I do? Do you feel like the, like the world is just crazy right now, and you're wondering what in the world is going on with you? Like, you wake up in the morning, and you're going, where did that line come from? I know that was not there last night when I went to sleep. I'm the only one? Okay, these deep crevices. I was excited the other day. I was putting mascara on, and I thought, well, at least my eyelashes are still long. You know, they're, like, hitting the top of my eyelids. And then I had the revelation, like, my eyelids are drooping. That's what's going on. You know, my knee was really hurting the other day, and it just felt chapped, you know, rubbed. And so, you know, I bent down, and I moved my breast out of the way so I could, you know. Right? Is that what's happening to anybody else? <laughs> Come on, now tell the truth. Right? We know what's going on. Yeah, go ahead and laugh, because someday it's going to be you. Yeah? Okay, nobody, my mom did not tell me about this. Like, you finally get the thick hair that you've always wanted, and coming in on their top lip, but it's there. It's there. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, Neva and I, we've been friends for a long time. We've been through a lot together, and um, most of it's been her fault. And, but we thick and thin, she was my daycare lady. That's how we met for my children. My oldest daughter's 36. How does that happen, you know? She was my daycare. My granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter, just turned 18 last week. And I'm like, what the world is going on? But through it all, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about this morning, you girls. So the Holy Spirit restrains me at times when I'm studying or, or preparing for something. And um, I know when that happens, it's because he doesn't want me to over-prepare, because because if I over-prepare, I am a teacher of the word, and so I want to do. So I have a message for you, and we're going to share it in a minute. But I just I want to bond with you just for a moment, okay? Because this is the most incredible opportunity, and my favorite thing to do is just connect with women. Just to say, you know what? I'm you. I feel you. I've been through it. I, I, as a pastor for many years now, pastoring and leading. I had the highest position in, in a mega church, and my husband of 28, almost 28 years decided to leave, have an affair, run away from home, and I didn't see him again for two years. So I get it. I know the feeling of your life feeling messy, and I'm serving God, and I love God, but yet all that's going on. So then I did experience a divorce. That something wasn't even allowed, that word wasn't even allowed to be on our tongue, uh, married all those years. And so at 48, I think, or 46, when I was going through that, it was the first time I had ever been alone in my life. I went from my parents' home to college to being married to my husband. I had never lived alone. 
And I would go out to get in my car, and I'd start crying because there was something wrong with it, and I didn't know what to do, or it was out of gas. And I was spoiled. He filled my car with gas. <laughs> like, I'd be at the gas pump going, are you kidding me? Right now, I have to do this. I hate you. I hate you for leaving me. Except for I wasn't allowed to say hate when we were growing up, so I would say, I loathe, I loathe you. And that even, that even rolled off my tongue better. I loathe you. Oh, I was so angry. And then I was so angry at him because... I didn't want to be an angry person, and I became a person I didn't want to be. And then I thought God couldn't use me anymore because I was such a failure, and I was such a black eye to the body of Christ. I'd be like, I'm sorry, Jesus. I, I've tarnished your reputation. And um, God made it very clear to me that he was much bigger than all of that and that he could restore and redeem me. And the year that I went through the divorce, the um, denomination or fellowship that I was a part of had just changed their bylaws. And they did not prohibit you from keeping your credentials any longer if you went through a divorce. And so when that happened, that actually was the ticket for my spouse to say, I'm out because now I won't destroy you. You can, you can still stay in the ministry. And, um, but thanks be to God. You know, sometimes goodbye is just Hallelujah. You know, you, you hate to say it that way. But God said, no, you don't, have to, you don't have to go through this abuse anymore. You don't have to go through this anymore. I know stuff you don't know, Dawn, and, I, and I'm just, I'm going to rescue you. And I can remember sitting on, I didn't have any plans on saying this, but so obviously somebody needs to hear this. That's what we say to ourselves when we're speakers. <laughs> when we get on a rabbit trail, we're going, somebody needed that. So, but, um, so what was I saying? Oh, I was sitting on the end of the bed one night. I was just crying my eyes out. And um, I was like, Lord, you know, why is this happening to me, God? Why is this happening to me? I've just served you. And I've loved you. And I've, all my life, all I wanted to do is be a good wife and a good mom. And why is this happening to me? And it's so clear to me. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. I'm like, huh? It's happening for you. And, and I knew in that moment, I wasn't confused about the voice of God. I knew in that moment the Lord had, had released me. And so I went through singleness for about five years, I think I, I was. And um, I became a pastor over at Res Life in Grand Haven. And I had a wonderful experience there as I was the executive pastor over there. And Bernie Grundyke was the pastor who hired me, but the minute I was there one week and he resigned. <laughs> and Pastor Jeff and Dina Hacker, anybody know P Pastor Jeff and Dina Hacker? Yeah. So, um, hallelujah, you and me. She's an amazing woman. In fact, can I tell them about my Freedom Girl Conference? In fact, Saturday I have a conference called the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. And um, we can, you can still get in if you want to join us, but I have speakers coming from all over the United States. Prophetess Shawana Ditto, a prophet, and Pastor Dina from Kentucky. Man, she is a no-nonsense girl that will give it to you and then make you laugh at the same time. And 
Uh, we're going we're to have a great time. It was so much more than that. Shower Blair, Reverend Shower Blair from California is coming. But anyways, uh, so I did five years at Grand Haven. And then um, I knew that I had to get my finances in order because I was left with such a mess. And I had to figure all that out. And it was a really difficult time, but it was a stretching time for me. It was a good time. And I kept remembering, God, you said this was for me. You said this was for me. But I knew I needed to get a financial advisor and get some help. And so I, I walked into the office one morning of Family Capital Management, had an appointment with a financial advisor. And I was sitting and waiting in the waiting room. And all of a sudden, this sick foot four hunk a hunk of burning love. This man came walking out and he goes, hi, I'm Paul Damon. I go, hi, I do. I'm Don. I'm Don. First time in my life, my knees gave out. They did. I went like that. I swooned. That is swooning. I swoon. Now I swoon. I had never swooned before. I'm a swooner. And uh, so we've been married uh, six years this December. Yep, so we're really, really super happy. God is really good. Um, and we, we, um, we dated for 20 months. He asked me to marry him on my 50th birthday. So when I turned 50, so now you guys know how old I am. So when I turned 50, I was so excited because rather than being in grief, I got engaged. So a new chapter of life. And some of you are there. Some of you have a new chapter of life. You didn't ask for it. You don't want it. You didn't pray for it. But here it is. And you have a decision. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We can sit on the end of the bed and we can cry and we can rehearse what was done wrong and we can rehearse the pain that we've experienced and the woundedness and the sorrow. And I did that. And grieving is appropriate and right for a season. In Isaiah, it says, see and look. The former things have taken place. We have to evaluate. We have to grieve. Sometimes as Christians, we rush in too quickly with forgiveness and put it all in a neat package and put it away. But we don't process the past, and so it lives on in our mind and in our heart. But then a few chapters later, what does Isaiah say? You know the scripture, forget the former thing. See, I do a new thing. And so some of us are in between the season of see the former things and forget the former things. And we're in this tension called processing and healing and making peace with the past. And I had to do all of that. And I had to forgive. And I had to dig down deep to forgive. And that root and that pain, because in my experience as a child, men leave. Men abandon. Men are unfaithful. I was sexually molested as a child by my father. That's what men do. Men of authority. They hurt you. They're not faithful to you. And I had to discover a God for us single women who say, you know, the Lord is your husband. That wasn't comforting. Because husbands cheat. Husbands are unfaithful. Well, God is your father. Well, that's kind of scary. That's not God. I don't like that picture either. And so I had to figure out, who is God? Who is God to me? And how do I open my heart? And really, you know, everybody would be like, just make love to Jesus. Be intimate with him. And I'm going, bleh, on it. <laughs> Come on now, somebody. That doesn't work. It works today because I'm healed. But I remember when I had to go back through that and process that, and it was not fun, but it was so worth it. 
so that now I can reach out and say, okay, girls, okay, sisters, all right, come on now. And this hunk of hunk of burning love, Paul Damon, is, he's so, I can't even say his name without, he's so awesome. <laughs> he is, he's really awesome, and he's so fun, and he, together we planted the church with Julian Newman, and we're having such a great time. But he believes in the ministry, and he wanted to sow into your lives, and I don't know if we have enough, but I have a hundred books over there. It's my second book. The first one was called When the Woman You Love Has Been Abused, A Husband's Guide to Helping His Wife Overcome. It's for every husband, because I believe my marriage, I really lost it as a result of the sexual abuse. I drug that into my marriage. And so I loved it when, I think it was President Bush, that, or, or they came up with the campaign, Just Say No. Like, I love that. No. I want sex tonight. No. It was okay before we were married, but now that we're married, no. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. How did I go from this girl that was not saved and could do all that to all of a sudden now I can't be a wife because I, 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 I'm freaked out? No. And um, I really, it, it, was, it, was, it was that moment where the enemy got that temptation and that hook in him because our men are wired differently than we are. So the first book, you can get it on Amazon.com, but the second book I just released this fall is called When the Woman Abused Was You, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Her Childhood Sexual Abuse. And for the first 100 women over there, my husband has purchased the book for you guys. So I want you to have that. Yeah, so if you need it or you know somebody who would, who would like it, I want you to go take that. That's $15 on Amazon, so that's a pretty nice... Um, you could take one and then ra she's heading to the book al the book table already. <laughs> so when I tell you that I love you, I don't know you, but I love you. And I also want to just say this because I love God. And when you love God, you love what he, was, what he has created. And he has created you. He has created all of you amazing, beautiful women. And we are so hard on ourselves. We are so tough on ourselves. We look in the mirror, and the words that we release, we curse ourselves, don't we? We speak out, oh, you don't have this, you don't have that, and this is bad, and that's bad. And if faith comes by hearing, then what is your body hearing you say about yourself? What is your muscles? I mean, I I'm keeping it real. You, you might be going, oh, that's a little overboard. No, 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 no. Body, soul, and spirit, it all works together. And the Bible makes it very clear that we have what we speak. And if we say, oh, you're so fat, your body gets a target. And it goes, oh, you're fat. Thank you. Now I know what to work towards. Metabolism, stop. Somewhere along the line, I said that to my body, apparently. At one point, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm looking at pictures that I'm going, I don't even recognize her. Metabolism, slow down. Oh, I got, I, my, I, I got such a, I can't remember a freaking thing. My brain is just on hiatus. Okay, don't give her any information. She just cursed you. We'll show her. Don't work. <laughs> you have what you say. So you got to look in the mirror and you got to go, good morning, you good looking thing. 
I write on my mirror, good morning, New York best time selling author. Good morning, overcomer. I have a coach, <clears throat> business coach, to help me in my new role as lead pastor of Tribes Church. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, is it okay that I'm just talking to you? Okay, so when you get your questions, they won't make any sense because this message over there, I'll get to it maybe. <clears throat> but um, thank you so much. Say hi to your neighbor real quick. <clears throat> that was so white. I want you to do this. Neighbor? Oh, neighbor. You look mighty fine. You are beautiful. Come on, girl. You are gorgeous. Come on, girl. You feel me? I feel you too. All right. Thank you. Um, so remember when, uh, what's your name? Rachel. <laughs> Brain, you work. You work wonderfully. You are a sound mind. I was going to call her Neva. Remember when you said I'm the same at the pulpit that I am at the house? That's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't do church. Is that all right? All right. So I don't, what was I saying a minute ago though? Yeah, write that on my mirror. What you say is what you're going to get. I had a point. It'll come back in a minute. But that's why I don't want to get, I, I, I love the opportunity to connect with you because I think what comes from the heart touches the heart. And that's really what transforms us, you know. And so, um, man, girls, you have a calling and a divine must. You know, in the Bible where Jesus said, I must go through Samaria, that was his divine compulsion given to him from God. He said, I have to do this. I must do it. Not, you know, I should. We should all over ourselves sometimes, don't we? I should do this. I should do that. If only and all. No, forget all that. What's your divine must? What must you do? That's your calling. And so often, I know what I was going to say, it's no joke being a woman in the ministry. You talked about courage, and maybe that was even for me, but I've had a little battle of late with courage. My coach, thank you, Holy Spirit. So my coach says to me, you know, who are you going to show up as? What's your identity? Sometimes we show up and fear gets on us, and we show up afraid. We show up as Freddy Cat. And I said, sometimes I show up as Freddy Cat. And when you, when you come in a situation and, you, and that fear is guiding you and leading you, kind of like, you know, you know some, some people who have a, um, a special needs dog or a whatever, a working dog, and, and, and so they're leading you on a chain, sometimes that could be fear. And then you show up. You think you're hiding that fear from anybody? No. Or sometimes you show up and, and you're, you, you're jealous or you're comparing your like. But she had liposuction. <laughs> but those babies aren't real. <laughs> Sometimes we show up, right? We show up in different ways. So she said, you know what? Step into Christ. And you show up. And she says, who has God called you to be? He's called me to be a bold overcomer. And that's who I'm going to show up. But he's also, showed me, show, he's also called me to be um, a restorer of women, a healer, a voice for us as the sisterhood. That's why the ministry is called the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. And so that's how I'm showing up today. I'm showing, showing up as a sister. I'm showing up. What's inside of you? What's your divine must? What has God called you to do? So 
let me get into my word. How much time do we have? We got 15 minutes? I got 10 minutes. All right. All right. You ready for, um, have you ever done speed dating? I haven't either. This is going to be speed preaching. Okay. Unless you have a question. Has anybody got a question you want to ask right now? Oh, okay. Tribes Church is on, we call it North Grand Rapids because if I say Rockford, it sounds too far away. And we are uh, wanting to be a multicultural church. We're 13 minutes from downtown. We're on Northland Drive. But the address is from the corner. And so it's called Cuts Hill. So it's 6070 Cuts Hill Drive, right by Blyfield Country Club. Out there. We're right there. It's in a building that used to be called St. Stephen's Church, a Lutheran church. So that's where we're located. So I'd love to have you at conferences at 8.30 to 4. I want to give you really quick a key um, for successful life. And there are many keys, but the, I have been researching of late and seeing what, what you know, science says and what medical people say. And you know, I see this consistent theme that the number one key, the thing that really sets people apart and makes them different is this key right here. And the key is the gratitude key, the thankful key. If this is operating in your life, if we are people of thanksgiving and people of gratitude, you will see that there are certain things that cannot coexist in your life when you're grateful. For example, bitterness can't live. Bitterness cannot be in a temple that is grateful. That's one of the ways that I got through the season of bitterness and pain when I was going through divorce because God gave me word and he said, you know, start thanking me and start praising me. Not necessarily for everything, but come on, in everything, right? So started thanking God and praising God in my situation and it elevated me. Thanksgiving and gratitude began to elevate me from the miry pit and from the woe is me. And I've discovered that in life, Oh, all right. In life, hallelujah, uh, there are Tiggers and there are Eeyores. There are people who have a perspective and see things in kind of an uplifting, optimistic way. And then there are some that have just been wired. Maybe they're analytical types or they're, you know, there are temperaments that are, they're given to suspicion. Anybody have the gift of suspicion? And you just kind of set back and you look and you watch and you, you kind of lean up against the wall. They're the ones that get in the elevator and the optimistic outgoing one is going, hi, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? And the other one is sitting in the back looking at the capacity and it says it's a thousand pounds and they're adding up how much everybody weighs. Are we going to make it out alive here in this elevator? right? These kind of people go through life. But all behavior is modifiable, all of it. And so we can say, this is how I want to think. This is my focus that I want to have. This is the way I want to go through life. I don't want to go through life as a victim. That's what I used to cry out to God. I don't want to go through life as a victim. God, I don't believe that's who you made me to be. If I could rediscover the dawn that you created, not the one that was abused, not the one that felt abandoned. I mean, I felt like I raised my 
myself. My mom, I love my mom, but I think my mom was just in the clouds. My dad and mom were really successful people, and, and, and you know, she was too busy matching her shoes to her gown, and she didn't have time to understand, you know, hey, hello, and I'm not trying to beat on my mom. I love my mom, but that was just, that was the, the lane that she was in. Did it, have you ever seen that sitcom Mad Men? Mad Men? I've only seen it once, but it's about this advertising agency and this, this fast lane that they lived in. That was how my parents were. They owned an advertising agency. And so I don't want to be, God, I don't want to be this little girl that feels alone all the time and had to figure everything out. I had to self-teach myself anything. I, I did, you know, maybe you can relate to that. I don't want to be a victim, God. I don't want that identity. I want to be what you've called me to be, Lord. And so help me change my focus. I don't want to look through the lenses of a victim. But I also don't want to look through the lenses of a, of, a, of a bad, you know, like this morning I had a long jacket on. I said to my husband, does this look okay? And he goes, are you going for the biker chick look? I go, that's okay, yeah. He goes, yeah, then it looks good. All right, so, but I don't, I don't, I was a tough girl, man. You remember the movie, Stands with a Fist? That was me. Then I decided I didn't want to be a victim, so then I decided I'm going to, you know what? Go ahead, make my day. You want some of this? Come on, bring it on. I know how to pull hair. I know how to bite. I know how to scratch. I know how to take your knee out. I, you know, because my sisters and I, man, we fought. It was crazy time. It was, a, it was a ride on a crazy bus, but we're really all super, super close. But there was a lot of anger and a lot of rage and growing up in those years when there was abuse and alcoholism and all that going on in our home. I don't want to be her either, God. I don't want to be mad at the world. I don't want to be that girl. So how do we decide what our focus is going to be? We get to choose what we're going to think on, but we are commanded in a way to think. Philippians, let me see here. Philippians 4, 6. Let me show you something here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, here's the key, with gratitude and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Thanksgiving and gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, is the antidote for anxiety. You see the connection? When I begin to be thankful and praise God, not only does bitterness leave, but you know what else can't coexist? Anxiety and gratitude can't coexist. It banishes it because I'm saying, God, thank you. You got me. You got this. Lord, what, what is the worst thing that could happen here? And then I'll do the scenario. And then I say, you know what, God? Because you're with me, if that's what happens, then that's what happens. The other day I was scared about something. I watch um, very, very little TV. But when I watch it, I like forensics files. But now I'm like, he looks kind of, he looks eerie to me. Get my mace out, you know. So I'm walking through the parking garage and, and I'm like, and pretty soon God's like, why are you filling your mind with that? It's, it's giving you fear. Why you do, you know, why are you, why are you putting that inside of your, your mind? So then I start saying, thank you, Lord, you got me. Thank you, Lord, you put angels around me. Pretty soon it's like, I'm coming out. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid. I'm not going to walk through this parking garage like this. I mean, put my shoulders back, put my head up, and walk through that garage because thanksgiving and gratitude banishes anxiety. So 
when you go to God, every day when you wake up in the morning, you should be rehearsing and thanking him. On October 1st, we woke up, went to bed that night on October 1st. We woke up in the morning with the reports that in Las Vegas, there was this horrific mass shooting. October 1st, November 1st, yesterday, we heard that there was terrorism in New York City again. Eight people killed. Every day that we wake up with air in our lungs, we should be thankful Amen. and grateful. Every morning that we wake up, we should say, Lord, you've given me life today. What would you have me do? Where would you have me go? Who would you have me speak to today, God? I'm an ambassador on assignment from you, Lord. And just begin to develop that attitude of gratitude. That doesn't mean that life is perfect. That doesn't mean we've all had a bed of roses and, you know, that we vomit rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> Not at all. But because we've walked through those things, we can say, thank you, God. You know what? You've been faithful. Never once has God let us down. You have been faithful, God, and we thank you for that. You are here because God wants you here. Our worship leader today said, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. And forget not his benefits. I like to come up with stuff that helps me remember. I go, 103 is reminding me to be thankful. Psalm 103 is reminding me to be thankful. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord. And forget not of all, all of his benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. The psalmist David talking to himself. Praise the Lord. Why so downcast? No. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can we take 20 seconds and just thank the Lord right now a moment? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ah, I don't know. Are you thankful? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. A Rockford family been battling for almost two years with Bryson Ricker, their son, glioblastoma, cancer, cancer in the spine. You know what? Thank you, God. I, I'm not thankful that they're going through it instead of me. I'm thankful for your faithfulness to them in it, and I'm thankful for your faithfulness to, to, to us because our children are healthy. Thank you, God, that when I wasn't healthy, your love and your faithfulness surrounded me like a shield. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for um, dirty laundry. Because what does that mean? You got people. <laughs> Thank you, God, for these dirty dishes that they didn't. One time I was so frustrated with my stepson. This kid could not put a dish in the dishwasher to save his life. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? No. What do I have to do? You know, so we're writing signs. So finally I just loaded up all of his dishes. I walked him upstairs. I laid him on his bed. I was the wicked stepmother. I thought, you know what? No. Now, I am not, I know you've been coddled and baby, but you know, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> then, of course, for my son, I was making sure, no, I got it, honey, I'll wash it. Did you? No, I didn't do, I did not do that. My kids were, they learn how to do some chores now. 
you know, this, this helicopter generation of parents that, you know, am I going to give you a participation award for loading up your dishes? But then I, I, I just said, this isn't working. I just have to be grateful. I love my, my I have two stepsons, love them. God, thank you for this amazing family you've given me. Thank you for redeeming. Thank you for this dirty dish. Because it means that I have a stepson. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for these boxer shorts, these double X boxer shorts. Okay, moving on. <laughs> it is proven that those that are grateful, let me just read this a minute. Uh, they're practicing gratitude has proven by science to be one of the most reliable methods for increasing happiness, life satisfaction, feelings of optimism, joy, pleasure, enthusiasm, and other positive emotions. Science can show your brain now. When your brain is um, operating right, it lights up and there's different functions that happen and they can see ADD in a brain and you can see depression and different things. But they've discovered that the person who is an optimist or, or grateful or has a faith and praise, their brain is lit up versus the person who's in depression or discouraged or negative and their brain is, is quiet and it's, it's foggy or dark. Have you ever been around someone that's so negative you can't get them to say a positive thing? I've been practicing this because in this position that I'm uh, in, and, I, and we planted the church, we're three years old, but I always was the second in command. I was always the executive pastor under a male pastor, and that was palatable, especially in West Michigan. And it gave me an opportunity to, to not be, the buck doesn't stop with me, so it didn't address some of my fear issues because I could hide behind them. And now you're the person and you're, you're calling the shots. And so I've really, like I said, learning some new things and having to step out in my boldness and stepping out in courage and stepping out and um, say, thank you, Frady Cat. I appreciate what, that you're trying to protect me. I don't need you. Go away. <laughs> I need bold overcomer to come forth. And so I am dealing with, a, I have a, a younger staff, and they think differently, and so they'll be coming with different things, and they don't have a, a, a fear of criticizing you to your face. Like back in the day, we would never say anything negative to the chain of command. I mean, we, you'd say it behind their back. <laughs> not me. Not what Neva did. And... Um, <laughs> But now they just say it right to your face, and, and they're, they're, there's, or, or whatever it is, it's, there's been frustrating. And, I, and, I, and I've gone, Therapla. 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 You're going, that's interesting. Is that tongues? <laughs> therapla, therapla. No, what it is? Philippians 4.8. Dear brothers and sisters, one last thing. Whatever is true and honorable, the right and pure, rap, lovely and admirable, think on these things. I will focus on what God tells me to focus on. 
Farepla. <laughs> True and honorable. Say it. Right and pure. Lovely, admirable. Farepla. Come on. Farepla. True and honorable. T-H. Right and pure. Rap. Lovely and admirable. La. Farepla. <laughs> Amen, right on, right? Whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's noble, whatever's true, whatever's right, whatever's of good report, that is what I'm going to think on. And when you think on it, it fills your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm not giving you my joy. I'm not letting you rent space in my head. I'm not giving you my peace. Satan, world, whatever's going on. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Whatever's true, whatever's pure, whatever's right, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, Therapla. that's what I'm going to think on. That's what I'm going to dwell on because God's got a call on our lives and that's where we need to go. Our divine must compels us on. I don't want to get caught up in the world. I could be a victim. I could suck my thumb. I could do that. I don't choose to do that because Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus, Jesus breaks every chain. Jesus who sets us free. Jesus who heals our heart. Jesus who reminds us, you are lovely. I created you beautiful. You are not rejected by someone who rejects themselves. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Love you, God. This life is too amazing to let it pass by. Life is not a sentence to live out. It's an adventure to enjoy and to embrace. And I pray the joy of the Lord be your strength, whatever you're going through. We heard it this morning. Some of you are going through something right now. Some of you are ready to launch. You are on the edge of the mountain. I can see it in the spirit. You're ready to go off. You're going to sprout wings. You are going to soar. There's a new business somebody wants to start. There's women leaders and politicians and medical people in here. You are going to be amazing leaders, authors. What's your divine must? Michelangelo created a beautiful marble statue of an exquisite angel, and they looked at him, and they said, how in the world did you, how did you make that from that? He said, well, that was there all along. The beautiful angel was there all along. All I had to do was chisel away the excess. If you're in the space between here and here, you know you're supposed to be there, but you're still here. You see the former things have taken place, but you're not yet to the a new thing, do I announce. You're caught in the middle. Come on, somebody. Just remember that what you're going through and the fire that you feel or the pressure that you feel is simply the divine chisel taking away the excess in your life to say, I'm getting ready to reveal to you the most beautiful you, the angel, the the daughter that I created, the woman that contains the divine must that I put inside of you before you drew a breath, Psalm 139. Hello, Jeremiah. You are God's amazing creation. So just go through what you're going through with an attitude of gratitude. God, you got this. And so I thank you today and I praise you today. I got on the piano and I would just, I, I don't really play. But I can play for me, and Jesus likes my songs. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for giving me this day. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this day. 
Thank you, Lord, for thank you, Lord, for giving me this day, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this day. <laughs> Moves the heart of God. The anointing comes. I mean, people are like falling out. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing day. Thank you, Lord, for breath in my lungs. Thank you, Lord, that you spoke to my heart about not eating something, and I let it go, and the inflammation left my body. And, and um, thank you, Lord, for guiding and giving us your word. Thank you, Lord, for when I was curled up in the ball on bed praying and crying, you said, I am a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Though your mother will leave you and your father will leave you, I'll never forsake you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for my good friends. Thank you for my hunk of, hunk of burning love. <laughs> so next time somebody comes up or something painful happens or somebody did something and you're the one that's supposed to be passing out the Kleenex and she took your job. You're the one that holds the anointing oil. She took it first. You know what you say? What do you say? Therapia. <laughs> right? I have no idea what time it is. I'm going to turn you girls loose. Um, I love you all. It's so great to be with you, to have fun with you, to laugh with you. But um, I also want to let you know that um, pain is real. Pain is real. Transformation is better. So lean into your pain. Don't, don't try to keep it. Don't nurse it. Tell Jesus, I want to be free from this. I'm not going to dwell on this anymore. I'm not going to look on this anymore. I'm going to see if I can sing. I haven't sang in so long. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I want to go up higher. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light. In the light, I said in the light.